Hey folks, my name is Jason Spies and I travel across these great states talking to small business owners, CEOs, policymakers, musicians and mentors about making money, giving back and balancing life. I find out how they prioritize professional and personal time while still making money. Yes indeed, our guests are real heavyweights in understanding business and life. So get ready to relax, learn a little bit, and get a cup of coffee ready because my name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million. Welcome to Coffee and Capitalism Radio. My name is Jason Spies and I'm your host today. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here on Coffee and Capitalism, a place where we bring you exclusive interviews and distinct content from leaders who drive our economy. From CEOs to small business owners to mentors, Coffee and Capitalism is a place for leaders and innovation, ideas, and inspiration. It's about making money and giving back, learning that fine art of balancing your work and your family life. We always say if you've got a mortgage, a student loan, or a car payment, maybe a credit card payment, you have a small business called life. Your life is now cash flowed. A lot of times the banks, they don't care if you get laid up with illness or maybe you have a child. There's a lot of different reasons why you have to stop working. And you know what? They still send the bills. So what we try to talk about is a way to balance that here on this program. Okay, what do we got today? Let's see. What do we got on today's menu here at Coffee and Capitalism? Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter, talks about his history with music and what inspires him to write. Great interview with Tom Pexcamp. And then Russell Treat, he's got a podcast called the Pipeliners Podcast. Now, the thing about podcasts is they're a lot of work. And you'll notice a lot, anybody can do a podcast. Okay, I've got a microphone, I've got an iPhone, I've got a computer, I'm going to go do a podcast. And then somewhere between episodes, say, 5 and 20, people start realizing, boy, this is a lot of work. And then they kind of fade away. Well, he's been doing it, Russell Treat is the he. Russell Treat has been doing it for a little over a year now, so we talk about that growth and some of the challenges he's had creating a podcast. He's a CEO of uh, Enersys, a big company down in Texas, and he's the one hosting the podcast, so he's juggling a little bit. Interesting to talk about some of the things that he's learning go into a podcast. All right, and then Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consultants gives us a boots-on-the-ground update from the Permian Shale Play, probably the most economic hotspot in the country. That's where the most of the economic activity for the nation is coming out of and it just ripples through i mean out of that little permian basin in texas and it just boom ripples through like a heat wave so we're going to talk with stephen robbins a little bit later in the program all right all that plus much more on today's episode of coffee and capitalism radio my name is jason spies and this is coffee and capitalism radio heard on the crude life media network
Today's music is performed by Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. If you'd like to know more information about Tom Pexcamp, the singer-songwriter, freerockandroll.com. That's freerockandroll.com. Or go to The Crude Life and click on the Musicians tab. Tom Pexcamp. Welcome back to Copy and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Tom Pexcamp. He's a singer-songwriter, talking about the history of his music and what inspires him. Tom Pexcamp, a little bit. When did you start playing music? Oh, my mom bought me a guitar when I was 17. Um, she kept on trying to stick instruments in my hand, and started with the saxophone maybe when I was in grade school, and uh, that didn't stick, and a and, uh, keyboard here and there, and uh, eventually I asked her to buy me a guitar, and... Um, from there on, I she she played too. She's a musician. She plays stand-up bass and and sings and had a, had a little folk duo in Minnesota for a few years and kind of kind of was a good a good window into learning um, you know chords and, and a few of those old folk songs that kind of got me going. Your mom had a folk duo. Yep, yep. Okay. Called the the Grainry Girls. The, the Grainy. The, the Grainry. Grainry Girls. Yep. yep. They they um, her and another lady. Uh, the lady lived on an old hippie commune, and her and her husband awesome. were the only the only two that were left. And uh, they had taken all the buildings and converted them into living spaces. Okay, like the silos. And like the silo. Well, okay. I, they had a silo, I think, and then the the grain was a grain storage that they they, they turned into a, um, a living a pot belly stove and the whole thing. And very very homey, very um, country, but a, a fun place to be. I, I got to stay there a few times, and it was a great place to create. I wrote a few songs there even. And, so and do I, they still play? Or they they do not. Okay. Um, I, I think they had a falling out. Nothing nothing crazy, but just you know life life happens just and life happens. And um, yeah, but they were together almost eight ten years, I think. Okay. So they, so how long have you been playing professionally? So, where you got your first gig? Probably just seventeen years, eighteen years. Okay. And did you play before then, like say at band recitals or music concerts? No, I, I had I had no music um, history. I wasn't in choir. Okay. I wasn't in band. I, I think I played the saxophone for about three months in sixth grade. Okay. And uh, that just, it didn't stick. And then, uh, you know, just learning a few chords and writing songs. And and uh, in high school, my senior year, I ended up um, writing a song for Macbeth. We had a project. And uh, I uh, stayed up. I was going to do this art drawing or something like that. And uh, never happened. And the night before, of course, you're working on it till the mm-hmm. last minute. And uh, so I grabbed my guitar at about 10 o'clock, you know, and I had to get this done by noon the next day. And... Um, ended up writing a song and I finished it in my free period the day, the, the next day and went in and played it and I got you know an A on the project and it's been one of my songs that we play with the band even now. So what song? Uh, it's, it's called Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah. Okay. And did did you write the lyrics, the music, or both? Both. Both. Yeah. So which did you do first? Um, I had well, I had I had a few chords down, so it was just pretty pretty simple, you know, three four chord song. Start with the chorus or start with the. Um, you know, no, it would start with a verse. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so, uh, what was it? Nothing in his life became him like leaving it. Fair as fall and the fall is believing it. That's got to be pretty you neat. Know, so Your first kind of song stuff, so. and you're still using it today? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing that really kind of got me awesome. excited about it was, I think, maybe some of the attention that um, that that was, you know, throughout, throughout you know, talking with people the other day. And, oh, Tom played and he had, you know, and I didn't really have much confidence in it. And, 
it was nice to hear some feedback and um, and get some confidence. You know, a few girls came up and talked to me, and I was kind of like, hey, you know, it's, maybe there's something to this. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, girls being a great motivation. Um, yes, kinda, they are. Kind of kinda started me down that road, and, and, uh, and then just the expression <laughs> of it all, and it, it, it turned into um, the creative aspect of it and, and, and it being your counselor and your, psych- your psychologist. And, mm-hmm. you know, a good day, you grab the guitar, a bad day, you grab the guitar, and and the, the songs go in and, and uh, you know, the, the worry goes out, you know. To listen to the full-length interview with Tom Pexcamp or to check out other full-length interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up and follow and like and share and do all the social media things that kids do today and adults by clicking on the crudelife.com social media tab. All of our links are right there. We have quite a network of social media pages. That's the crudelife.com, the social media tab. My name is Jason Spies. This is Copying Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. I was tears old when John Lennon died Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye Yeah, next go, I think it's Paul, I see Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we talk with Russell Treat. He's with the Pipeliners Podcast and the CEO of Enersys. Hi, this is Russell Treat. I'm with Interact Energy Services. And a good day to you, sir. How are you? What Now, what part of the country are you in today? Well, I'm actually in downtown Denver this morning. Downtown Denver, but you're based out of, is it Houston? Yes, yeah, oh. I'm based out of Houston. Okay, so but what's going on in Denver? Business, pleasure? Or? Uh, business okay. and pleasure. You know, I mean, it's hard it's all, to go- it's all, if you do it right, it's all the same thing. Exactly right, you know, and that, that is, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it, it's important for people to be reminded, I know a lot of us know this, but it's important to be reminded that if you really truly do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, if you do what you love and you do it with people who you care about, then, you know, every day's a gift. I never thought about that. I, I did, but nicely put, articulately put, that you got to have the people around you enjoy being with. Otherwise, it's a little bit of work managing relationships, huh? Well, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, all and, right. You know, that, oh, that, go ahead. It's easy, to, it's easy to say, and it's hard to do. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast. That's a, kind of the meat of why we brought you on the program today. You've got an energy podcast. So uh, talk to me about the genesis of this a little bit. How, how did you get into the podcast uh, business or the podcast world? 
Yeah, so that that's actually an interesting story. So I'm a I'm kind of a, a geek from way back. I, I was playing with computers and software before playing with computers and software was cool. Um, and so I've always been interested in technology. I started listening to podcasts kind of in earnest maybe five years ago, um, and I, I just had this idea. I liked the medium, and I had this idea about well, if I were going to do a podcast what would I do? Um, and I've, I really, I arrived at the name first because it's catchy. It's the Pipeliners podcast. And then I kind of arrived at, yeah, I'm committed. I'm going to do this. And then it took about another year, maybe year and a half to really kind of pull it together and get clear about why I was going to do it, what I was going to do and, and how I was going to do it. And, and the why is simply this, you know, I, I learned, what I know about the oil and gas business, about the pipelining business, mostly by going to conferences and trade shows and by talking to people older and wiser than myself or hanging out and listening to those kind of conversations. And, you know, the, the nature of the pipeline business is it's very kind of geographically dispersed. It's, it's all over the place. Um, a lot of people who work in the business may never get to go to a conference and really get any education about, you know, all the various aspects of what pipelining is. So I just decided I'm going to talk to these people who I enjoy talking to and have some fairly technical geeky conversations. And we'll see if anybody likes to listen to that kind of conversation and as a vehicle to help people learn the business or learn about the business. And um, I've been really blessed. I mean, the, the, the response that I've gotten has been, very positive and, and and really it's kind of humbling just how many people have been providing feedback and expressing their appreciation for what it is I'm trying to do. Do you have any background in the media? You certainly seem that you can carry on a conversation. You've got a good voice. Is that just kind of something you have and decided to do a podcast or, you know, did you take some journalism classes in college that kind of sparked the bug? No, no, no. You, you know, Jason, that's a great question. I'm an engineer. I mean, I, huh. I'm, I'm I'm a pretty stereotypical engineer. <laughs> you, you seem uh, like you're a little too creative for that engineering field. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit of both, but, it, you know, I, I work in automation and measurement, and, and you'd be surprised how many people that work in that domain are musicians or, uh, you know, have some kind of artistic talents. Because really, you know, working in – Technology, or in fact, working in engineering can be a creative expression because you're always trying to figure out a new way of doing something. Oh, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, so, it seems but, like. But it's... I will say this: I, I am a guy who has always been comfortable, you know, going to conferences, writing papers, and being in front of groups and and giving speeches and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I certainly have a background doing that. Um, I, I sing at my church from time to time. Yeah, that's you know, I'm. So I, I have I have kind of always had an interest in uh, I'll call it public expression. Well, I was going to say you don't you seem to like have that seem to be missing that fear of public speaking. Much like for me, I'm the same way. I don't have any problem getting up in front of people and ma- making a fool of myself or wowing them with no. talent. You know, I just I. I enjoy the the rush, the the timing, and everything. And there's a lot of people that the majority of the people do not 
go beyond any thought process beyond the public speaking because they're like, well, I'm not going to get up in front of people. So their dream or their, you know, their their goal just stops right there. And so it's interesting how you phrased it like that, because I've never thought of it in that way about how my lack of fear allows me to do just like you do. I, I'm the same way. I mean, we, we have bands on our programs a lot of times, so I'm spoiled. Like I look at it like I don't want to go to any more concerts because I have these private concerts in my studio and I get backstage <laughs> yeah. passes and, you Just know, hang out with mu- musicians and jam. You know? it, yeah. And, and, you know, the same, over, you know, one of the things about any of that kind of work, and, and it's also true, I think, in public speaking or, or what we're talking, you know, podcasting is there's a little bit of you've got to be willing to be bad to be good. Mm hmm. Because the the comfort and the the you know the comfort of doing it the the fear decreases as you just you have more experience doing it. But I mean, I still get I still get anxiety from time to time. But you know, I, I view that like an athlete would getting ready for a game. I Absolutely, know, I'm ready to go do something I have some passion for. Yeah, and and I, I I approach my programs a lot like how you do. It's it's more of a learning experience more than anything. Like I, I I'm doing it because I genuinely want to know things and, and yeah, it's, yeah. I, I have pretty much an insatiable curiosity I'm, you know I'm, I'm I had a good good friend of mine and mentor who used to say Russell's he says you're going to have a five-year plan when you're planted just and that's just true I mean I'm, I'm always interested in what's next and what's new and, and who's using it and how's it working and you know that that I just have an unlimited curiosity for that type of thing you know and one of the reasons why I wanted to go down this path and kind of uh, bring this up, which would be an appropriate time now, is anybody looking to do a podcast, some of the advice that I would like to point out that you just heard from two people who have been doing this for a while. Uh, I've got 25 years experience doing you know, radio and, and print and about 10 years experience doing podcasts. And you've been doing it, what now, a year and a half, two years? I've been doing a podcast a um, little over a year. Okay. And for me, I would call that a success. And here's why. There was a sensational uh, sensation that happened with the blogging industry where people would get out and blog and all this stuff like that. Well, then after about a month or two months of blogging, they would ghost it away or they would just kind of wither away and die in the vine because people realize this is work. And that phenomenon starting to happen in the podcasting world and that sort of thing. So the advice that I'd like to bring up is that if you're if you're doing something that is satisfying your curiosity or you genuinely want to learn about topics and you don't look at the podcast as work but you look at it as beneficial to either your business or your life or your soul go nuts and do it otherwise be be prepared there is some work involved what, what would you say to that comment oh it's absolutely true i think i think the big thing i you know, i run i run three businesses and I think the big thing for me about starting a podcast was figuring out how to resource it. Mr. Russell Treat, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We are joined with Russell Treat with the Pipeliners podcast and the CEO of Intersys. My name is Jason Spies. This is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. I was born to a harvest moon And it wasn't too late and I wasn't too soon 
And I was born on the first day of my life And I was two years old when John Lennon died Today's music is performed by Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. If you'd like to know more information about Tom Pexcamp, the singer-songwriter, freerockandroll.com. That's freerockandroll.com. Or go to The Crude Life and click on the Musicians tab. Tom Pexcamp. Well, I've told the truth. Yeah, you know that I've lied. You know we do what we do so we can survive And I was two years old when John Lennon died Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. He is a person in this market and now in markets across the country with Hatch Coaching that is revolutionizing the way people approach the business. He's reinventing the way people look at the people model. That's why he brings in hundreds of people from all over the country who are trying to figure out how to do what he's doing in their market. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation with Russell Treat with the Pipeliners Podcast and the CEO of Intersys. Because I have the technical expertise to, you know, mix the sound and build the web pages, but I don't have the time or really the interest in all that part of podcasting. So part of what I had to do is I had to figure out how to build a team that would support what I wanted to do so I could pursue what I'm passionate about, the conversation, and let others pursue their passions around the technology and the sound. Because the other thing, I wanted to do it with a level of quality, you know, because there's a lot of stuff out there that's just, frankly, not very good. The sound is bad. You know, the conversation's not organized. So, yeah, it's definitely work. And and I think anybody who starts a a podcast, you kind of have to realize that somewhere between episode five and 25, you're going to hit a wall where you ask the question, do you want to keep doing this? And not only that, um, what am I going to talk about next? And who, who, who's going to come on my program? Oh my gosh. It's like, it's like payroll, man. It it comes every week. I got to have an episode. Well, yeah. And you know, for, for a guy like me, I, I do them daily. And so, 
you know, I do a day, I do daily radio programs, which we then turn into podcasts. And if I didn't have that radio outlet where I have the traditional, you know, monetization revenue source model, that sort of thing, I, there's no way I would do a daily podcast. It'd be way too hard, way too hard to, to keep up with, unless you were getting compensated for that being your full-time job. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. But I mean, I think the point you make is a good one. It is work. And, and, it, and it does require some planning and it does require some competencies to do it well. So let me ask you this. Are you, are you getting some results in that sort of thing? I, I know you enjoy it and, you know, your team probably enjoys it. But at the end of the day, you do have a part of your strategy to increase awareness of your businesses. Maybe you have advertisers or sponsors or clients or something like that. Are, are you are you you must be satisfied what makes you continue to do it there that's the question what makes you to continue to do it well I, there's 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 a couple of things one is every time i get an interesting guest on and i have a conversation i feel like i make a new friend and that to me just that, that i just find a lot of joy in that and i love the geeky kind of getting into the weeds of the technology kind of conversations um, one, one of kind of my go-to guys, a guy named Clint Bodungeon, and he, uh, he's a cybersecurity guy and I work, uh, you know, I, I work in SCADA and pipeline control systems and that sort of thing. So cybersecurity is a big piece of that and we'll get on and, oh my gosh, you could, you know, the geeko meters in the red zone, you know, we, we just go nuts. And those are some of the episodes I get, you know, the most feedback about the most positive feedback about. So one thing is I just love the people. I love the conversation that, and that helps to keep me going. But the other thing is there is a, you know, there's a business part to this. One of the challenges in, in, in our niche, the pipelining niche is to get known. So we've been around a long time. I, I st- actually started the company in 94, but we're relatively small and not a lot of people know about us. So, part of the podcast is to you know provide a service to the industry but also help more of the industry know who we are and that we're here and what we do when it comes to podcasts i think if i were to give advice to somebody i'd say the best way to start or one of the ways to start would be to find out obviously what you're going to talk about and is it going to be a general type of a podcast where you're going to be competing with a lot of different things or is it going to be a micro or a niche type podcast where you got to go find your audience because not everybody wants to know about, you know, granite countertops or whatever. I don't know what um, you, you've got kind of a niche one. Did, did you kind of want to go down that niche route or did you start out with, say, an oil and gas podcast and then it went down to the po- uh, pipeliners podcast? Do you understand my question? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. Absolutely. And I think it's a great question. I actually gave that a lot of thought because there, and there was kind of two aspects of this. I didn't want to focus solely on what uh, our companies do, you know, to, to make a living, but I also didn't want to focus super broad. So I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to get comfortable about what is kind of the domain of conversation. And, and what I came to is the domain is anything that somebody working in a pipeline company would be interested in knowing and would be valuable to them to know more about their business and how to do their job. So that's that's much broader than what we do, but it's also super niche because that's a hard market to even 
you know, figure out how to define. It really is because, quite honestly, their time is so fragmented and demanded that the podcast works out perfectly for somebody in the oil and gas industry, but it's very difficult to get their free time. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and one of the things that that kind of sold me on the idea of, of, you know, do the podcast thing is, you know, in our business, you know, there's a lot of windshield time. So there's a lot of opportunity for listening to radio or listening to, well, even <laughs> depending on where you are, even radio may not be very viable, but certainly you can listen to podcasts. Well, so that- I, I think I think there's a growing demand for good content that is, you know, helpful to me and what it is I'm trying to do or what I'm interested in. Yeah. I know when, one of the consulting parts I get into is the audio portion, whether it be radio, whether it be uh, you know podcasts. It's an audio format, which at the end of the day means hands-free. And up in North Dakota, there's uh, flooding issues. And so, of course, when the floods happen, radio becomes king or uh, because everybody needs their hands to sandbag and that sort of thing. And, and that's true when you start thinking of it like that in the oil and gas industry all those jobs that a lot of those guys need their hands uh in order to do things but they can have a, a, a radio station or a podcast going there's the windshield time you got engineers and ceos driving an hour to two hours to a rig and that sort of thing so they need their hands free and they need to drive on the wheel and listen and that sort of thing there's a lot of that you know even even in agriculture fixing fence posts milking cows that sort of thing so there's a lot of different uh industries and a lot of different shop time and garage time where the podcasts and the radio really can shine that's what i've noticed oh yeah i think i think that's absolutely true I think that's absolutely true. I think I think I've been surprised. I might might kind of be interested in your opinion on this because, you know, it it you hear about you know the hockey stick and you you know you bang into a market for a while and then you know suddenly it kind of goes viral. That has not been my experience at all. I mean, we've had fairly quick growth. To listen to the full length interview with Russell Treat with the Pipeliners podcast and the CEO of Enersys, or to check out other full length interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Be sure to sign up for our Facebook pages and YouTube accounts and all of those fun social media things. I mean, we put the work in, so we'd love it if you followed us, left reviews, and liked us, and shared and did all that validation that we search so much for here in the social media world. But I'll tell you what, you go to the crudelife.com, you click on that social media tab, you're going to see a nice list of a network that we have. In fact, that network is more than 350,000 followers. That's right. The Crude Life Media Network, our social media audience is over 350,000 people. We would love for you to join us here at the Crude Life Media Network and be a part of our economic and energy enthusiasm that is happening right now across America. And we love bringing you exclusive interviews and helping you guide your life. It's a busy, busy world out there, folks. And we like to be the eyes and the ears for those of you that choose our content. And we'd like to thank you for choosing us. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Stop.
Today's music is performed by Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. If you'd like to know more information about Tom Pexcamp, the singer-songwriter, freerockandroll.com. That's freerockandroll.com. Or go to The Crude Life and click on the Musicians tab. Tom Pexcamp. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch coaching. I got to watch him give a talk at TEDx Brookings. It's been said that if you want to create competition, tell everyone your success. And if you want to create compassion, share your weaknesses. And Eric's somebody that could easily lead with all he's accomplished. To find out more about Hatch coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's Hatch coaching.com or call 701-212-1572 that's 701-212-1572 so here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know let this moment pass. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we talk with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consultants. Uh, have you guys put together kind of um, how you guys viewed last year, if you were to sum it up, as far as to put a theme on there, or anything along those lines? Uh, one word would be growth. Growth. Um, Extremely blessed to have the year that we've had. Um, we've, we've brought on additional clients, um, and through those clients, we've strengthened relationships with customers on the operator side, and uh, have brought in um, new customers on the operator side as well, and developing those relationships. And overall, 2018 was a year of redemption, and uh, just an, an overall great year. 2019, what do you see? Um, either you guys have any changes, going to stay the course, just kind of uh, talk to me about what you guys have coming up next. Staying the course. Um, the, the roadmap that we have laid out for 2019 looks very similar to that of 2018, and with the momentum that we've got going into the new year, um, even if there is some slowdowns on the operator side and programs, 
either maintain or, or slightly dial it back. Our momentum going in with our clients and, and the relationships that we're building with the customers, um, I don't see too much too 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 much of a change, honestly. And so we're very excited about 2019, and actually we're even looking into 2020. And uh, in this industry, sometimes it's hard to forecast that far ahead, but I, I feel confident that things are going to continue on an uphill steady trend. So 2019 is going to be, be phenomenal. Before uh, we get into final thoughts, uh, how's the family? You guys still uh, juggling uh, several different things? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the kids are doing great. Um, the oldest is four. The youngest just turned one. Um, April, she's a phenomenal mother as well as business partner. And, you know, she, she doesn't get near the credit that she deserves. And so, you know, if I could take a minute and spotlight that, I'll maybe get some brownie points later for that. But, uh, <laughs> hmm. um, no, she's, she, April's amazing. She's multi-rolled. She, she handles the household when I'm not there as well as all the things that really make our business tick. And, uh, so I'm very blessed to have her as my wife and business partner. And, uh, our, our other business journey also, I think we're staying very busy there as well. We've, we've increased our, our inventory again. Um, it was customer driven. And so it was all done organically. So that, that made things easy and, uh, you know, in business, easy is good. Not, not all the time is it easy, so um, we're very thankful for the customers that we have and that continue to use us. How about final thoughts? Anything we uh, forgot to mention? Anything you want to reiterate? Kind of like to give people the uh, final word, if you will. So uh, the floor is yours. Well, Jason, as always, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to, to visit and chat with me. And uh, you and your family are in our continued prayers. And uh, we just want to thank you for everything that you do for us on, on this side. And uh, look forward to future conversations with you and uh, um, just being able to uh, do what we love. Uh, thank God for everything, that, all the blessings he's, he's given us. To listen to the full-length interview with Stephen Robbins with Royal Creek Consultants or to check out other full-length interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, check out our social media pages and click on our social media tab. That's thecrudelife.com. Click on our social media tab and check out our network of 350,000 followers. My name is Jason Spies. This is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Let this moment pass. So here's to watching the clocks of our grandfathers. And here's to stopping and a picking flowers. And here's to not letting this moment pass you by. So here's to the picture that holds us laughing. And here's to the sound of one hand clapping. And here's to 
not letting this moment pass and here's to carrying the weight of the world and here's to screaming yeah never being heard and here's to not letting this moment pass Sitting on a million Sitting on it every day Can't make no money giving your stuff away Why don't you do now Like the millionaires do Put your stuff on the market You can make a million too Minnie's a crooked woman Diamonds on every hand Tricking mother for you Everywhere she lands Why don't you do now Like the millionaires do Put your stuff on the market Or you can make a million too Jump over the candlestick. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. And that concludes this week's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. For a full list of today's guest and interview, visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We'll be back next week on this radio station at this time. For a full list of our radio affiliates and other media partners, please visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and from the staff here at Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we're asking you to be happy, make money, and give back. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. Sign on our front porch saying, hot stuff will say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. 
and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 